0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Alright, welcome back to another week, another episode of Kingdom Kings. Um, brought to you by Earl Hair Pride. You're here with, with all of us, all the hosts. are um, I'm Maurice Elston, also here with Nate Christensen and Price Carter. And we're here for another week to share our keys to the uh, Chiefs victory this week, which we think it should be a victory. We hope it's gonna be a victory. It needs to be a victory. So um we're gonna get right into this. We wanna we wanna jump in um and talk about kind of the injury report so far that's come out. So that's always the key to what's going on, is is who's gonna be on the field and who may not be. So let's jump right into that. What what are we looking like from injuries, fellas. All
2: right, well, our own Pete Sweeney uh, tweeted out a couple hours ago. This We're recording this as of Thursday, so most of this will probably not change, honestly. Running back Jarek McKinnon was did not participate due to a hamstring injury. Wide receiver Kadarius Toney also did not practice for a hamstring injury. Looks like Juju Smith-Schuster did return to practice. That He missed yesterday due to illness, so it looks like Juju's good to go. So, I mean, you know, we can start right there. I think I think those are two pretty significant injuries. Um we were talking before the podcast started. It sounds like Nate is actually the reason why the Chiefs struggled in the red zone last week because he was out at the game in the red zone area in the end zone. But the the lack of McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony in the red zone is a very obvious struggle of this team right now. Being able to stretch teams horizontally with the you know the defenders back on the boundary of the end zone that's something the Chiefs have really done well with. Like McCole Hardman's done well there, and we saw in the Jags game, Kadarius Tony's effective there. Clearly Jerk McKinnon's your best blocking back and also your best pass catching back. So those are two pretty significant injuries. I'm still wondering if Jerick McKinnon will suit up and play, because he's you know, he's kind of one of those guys that they'll probably give a couple of veteran days. So we'll see. Tomorrow will, you know, Friday will be the telltale if he's gonna play or not, but I expect no Tony.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that's the that was the, the McKinnon <clears throat> injury. Now, you know, him showing up on the report and I practice a couple of days in a row. May have really led to that Melvin Gordon practice squad signing um because he's been known you know he has his fumble problems right we know but he he has also been always a solid you know kind of blitz pickup guy and can pick up the blitz pretty well I think that that signing might have been a more of a McKinnon insurance than than anything else
3: yeah no I mean it makes sense and Gordon's not necessarily like the best receiving back either but he is someone that has gotten better over his career in like pass protection obviously you know there's been some issues of fumbling this year I I think fumbling is kind of a variance thing. I don't really think that's something that's just like a big issue. Like just sometimes you have years where you fumble more than others. I don't know if Gordon's going to be able to get on the field this week. I think it probably just depends on what McKinnon's health is. Uh, I see him more as potentially a play for the playoffs. But yeah, uh, let's talk about kind of the red zone issues. I do like Andy Reid's offense in the red zone does stress space. He's not, you know, the Chiefs aren't built to just like pound the ball in the red zone get under center, get an eye formation and run, which is fine. But when you do take out your best athletes and Hardman and Tony, who stretch that space, it is more difficult. I'm going to guess Kadarius doesn't go this week, and we already are without Michael Hardman. So that is certainly something to watch. But I also think Andy Reid can scheme up a lot of things in the red zone. So I'm not too worried about it, especially since this is a big game. But it is on the monitor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully McKinnon can get in there and play. So if he can get in there, that'll be a big plus. But I, I, I'm with you, Nate. I think I think Andy draws up some things that that gets us in the end zone a little bit more. He he usually corrects well when something goes wrong the game before. So um, we'll we'll, we'll see if we do do well in the end zone. We're gonna blank. we're gonna we are going to we are going to we on test it to Nate not being at this game, right? <laughs> we'll be like, right, Nate's not there. We're doing well again. So so good there. But let's get into these keys, right? Um. Price, man, we'll start with you. We'll jump over to you, man. What what do you feel like is one of the um, keys to victory this week for, for the Chiefs?
2: Well, obviously, this is a huge game, right? You know, this is, this is kind of the last test that the Chiefs are going to have before the playoffs. Obviously, you don't want to overlook any team, but the back half of that schedule is pretty cushy. Um, going back, I put myself through the pain and suffering of watching both games, both the um, regular season and the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. I think sometimes we, you know, as Chiefs fans, we, re- we rewrite a narrative about a game after it's happened and after time passes. I personally think the scores at halftimes might have been more indicative of what these two teams actually were last year compared to what they are today and how those games ended. Meaning, I think the 21-10 lead, you know, meant a lot about how that game was going. The Chiefs were absolutely carving out the Bengals in the first half of the AFC Championship game. And they were scoring at will in the second or in the regular season game. Those two games are, though we think of them as very similar, they were quite different. You had Jamar Chase in the first game that just went crazy and the Chiefs really could not control him. And that was kind of a scheme thing and also kind of just a poor game planning thing. The second game, the AFC Championship game, right? There's a lot more execution issues that happen there, a lot of breakdowns that happen that you feel like there was about 10 plays that the Chiefs made one or two of them. That game doesn't end the way it does. Nevertheless, it did happen. And I honestly think it might have been for the best for this roster and how it was constructed. Looking back at the AFC Championship game, some of the most backbreaking plays that happened in that game were missed tackles, specifically on the running back. So, my key this week is controlling the running backs of the Bengals. This is one of the best offenses in the NFL. This isn't news to anyone. You know, they're eighth overall in total offense, which, if you remember, they had a game against the Browns where they more or less did nothing. That was the first game without Jamar Chase. Like, this team is a great offensive team. And you know that those three wide receivers are going to get theirs. Obviously, Jamar Chase is playing in this game. You know that they're going to get theirs. That is going to be a big part of limiting the offensive wide receiver core and also limiting the running backs. See, here's the thing. You know that those wide receivers are going to get theirs. And I expect the Chiefs to have a plan with them and to have something in place to try to control those wide receivers. But the, the running backs for the backbreaker in that game. You had that screen pass by Samaj P. Ryan for like 45 yards. They ended up scoring a touchdown in the AFC Championship game. You had Joe Mixon kept making some pretty big runs in the latter part of that game to convert. If the Chiefs can control the running backs, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, and stop them from being an impact in the game, if they can shut down the run early, I think this game looks quite a bit like the Bucks game in the sense of where the threat of the run just doesn't matter. I have confidence in the Chiefs' offense to move the ball in games that really matter to them with a healthy offense, whether that's no Tony or no Hartman. Additionally, they use Pirine and Mixon as their mitigators for the pass rush. You know, we know that the the offensive line is still kind of struggling in Cincinnati, and Joe Burrow will hold on to the ball as long as you want him to. That is one of his flaws, is that he will take sacks. But those running backs start getting incorporated, whether it be short dump-off passes or whether it be running and making them onto the play action. Those are a big part of what they do. So I I expect, honestly, that they're going to try to get them incorporated early, especially if Chris Jones and the pass rush are really going. So if they can eliminate those running backs as being a threat in the passing game, being a threat in the running game, that limits their play action, makes them more one-dimensional. And this is the best Chiefs secondary we've had in quite some time. So I feel optimistic that they can limit the wide receivers enough that the Chiefs can get an advantage.
3: Yeah, I know. And just to give some stats about this – Going back to the offseason, like there was a lot of talk about how like the Bengals were kind of an unsustainable team. And I agreed with a lot of it because like a lot of their offense was just vertical passes to Chase and Higgins. And that wasn't just going to work year after year, especially since neither of those guys really win in like the burner separ- separation way that like a Deshaun Jackson or a Tyree Kill did. And teams adjusted. Like early in the year, the Bengals offense was bad. They couldn't run the ball. They basically had like, like no ability of offense outside of these like explosive games. Them when those are taken away, they just like functionally couldn't move the ball. But to their credit, they adjusted. They have ran the ball a lot better this year. A couple of stats here: the Bengals are fifth in run DVOA this year. They're twentieth in twenty twenty one. They're twelfth in run EPA, seventh in success rate. Last year they were twenty second and twenty second. So they've improved running the ball. Uh, I think some of that has to be their offensive line, even though it's not a great offensive line. Um, It's fine. It's functional, which they did not have a functional offensive line last year. Um, It does seem I don't have like rates or anything like that. Like they're not quite as like simple in their run game. They do a little bit more of like pulling than compared to just going under center and running. There was a lot of like discussion about that last year. So, yeah, no, I agree. Um, The Chiefs did limit Mixon and uh, just in the pure run game last year. He did in the first game or excuse me, in the AFC championship, he had 21 carries for 88 yards. Uh, In week 17 of that year, he had 12 or 46 yards. So he wasn't someone that like broke the game. But like Price said, like they have an improved offensive line this year. Mixon is a really hard guy to bring down. And I, you know, I know what happened last year, especially when the Chiefs like blitzed and things like that. I still think this defense succeeds the most on third down. So if you are playing two high coverages, have two safeties deep to kind of limit, chasing Higgins, just getting explosive gains, you're going to have to stop the run. I think the Chiefs should actually be able to do it, but the Bengals will try and they're much better at this year. So the Chiefs are going to have to prove again that they can stop the run.
2: Yeah. And to that point you have with the offense here, you had 158 total yards from the running backs in the AFC championship game. That was a huge chunk of what they were able to do in the AFC championship game. They've got 13 total touchdowns from Pirine and Mixon. And I honestly think sometimes one of the things that can go the worst for, well, I shouldn't say the worst, a best for an offense is when one guy, one guy goes down, the other steps up. P Ryan really showed out in that Titans game, if you watch that, really strong performance from him. So they're going to feel confident in running the ball. But to that effect, they're 29th in yards per attempt in the league. They are not a team that just gashes and makes big gaps. Like the Chiefs actually have a higher yards per attempt. Now, part of that's the amount of attempts, right? But don't put it past Zach Taylor to run the ball more than he should, with given the wide receivers. Like when it comes to the head coaching matchup here, there's a huge advantage for Andy Reid. Zach Taylor is not this genius head coach. He will run the ball more than he's supposed to. So if the Chiefs can kind of lull them into that and they're, you know, running into Colin Saunders over and over again and you know getting one, two, three yards when Jamar Chase is sitting on the sideline or just watching them play, that I, I consider that a net win for the Chiefs.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I, and I really think like we're like we, we brought up like the, a lot of missed tackles last year, and, and, and definitely in the playoff game, definitely like we will go back and watch that Piron screen pass. But I think we're 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 better on defense. We're bigger, we're faster, and more willing tacklers. So when you take away a Sorsen and you insert a, a Byron Cook, who's absolutely a better tackler, more willing, you know, now you come with 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 um Bolton and Gay, you know, instead of Hitchens and not having fifty-six Nieman out there last year. And even on the edge with our with our corners, I feel like um Duffy and and even Watson are more willing tacklers than what a ward and what was the Hughes last year or Fenton out there. Like I think these two are, are more willing tacklers. Uh if we've been honest, Justin Reed is a more willing tackler than 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 Tyron Matthews. So I think we got some fast, some more speed on the defensive side and more people to get in there and get their nose dirty on the outside with our corners and our linebacker. And our defensive line has played much better this year than what I said they was playing last year. So I really think stopping their run and, and limiting them, what they do with the running backs in the past game is definitely a huge key. So, Nate, what you got, man? What what, what do you think uh, one, of, one, of our, one of our keys, to, one of the Chiefs keys to victory is going to be this week?
3: Yeah, no, and I'm picking piggybacking off kind of what I wrote about this week, which was one of the things I wrote about was how the Chiefs this year are using a lot more two and three tight end sets than they've used the previous couple of years. But what they're doing out of it is not just like running the ball like most traditional teams do, but they're actually passing the ball more. So I'm going to read some stats off here that I had. Um, okay, so the Chiefs last year in week 17 – used 22% of two tight ends, 12 personnel, and only two snaps of three tight ends on the field, which is 13 personnel. And in the AFC Championship, it was 23% 12 personnel and one snap of 13 personnel. So it basically wasn't a part of their game plan at all. But that's been changing this year. The Chiefs are down to 57%, 11 personnel, which is only one tight end and one wide, one running back. They're increased to about 27 28%, 12 personnel, But this year, they're running 10% of their plays out of 13 personnel. And that's like, we see that on the field with like Noah Gray, Jody Forth, and Travis Kelsey. They've had a bigger impact when all three of them are on the field this year. And especially these past two weeks, it's actually been something that's increased. So against the Rams, we ran 14% 13 personnel. Against the Chargers, we ran 20%. We ran 42% 12 personnel last week versus the Rams, 25% versus the Chargers. So these past couple weeks, we've seen the Chiefs turn more. Some of it could be wide receiver injuries, but we've seen them turn more to heavier personnel. But what they're doing out of it is they're actually passing more. And that's something that people had kind of discussed. Maybe that was a thing going into the year. I I was skeptical that Andy Reid would just want to pass out of that. But he has. The Chiefs are like throwing the ball like 57% of the time out of 13 personnel. 59%, 59%, excuse me. And that's that's insanely high. Just for reference, last year, the 2021 Raiders had the highest 13 personnel pass rate in the NFL at 49%. The team that ran the most 13 personnel was the Cleveland Browns, and they only passed 17% of the time. So what the Chiefs are doing with heavier tight ends, passing at a frequency that's like even not common for most teams like in the NFL period, they're passing more. They're getting more heavier bodies on the field and they're using Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson. and they're getting downfield shots with these guys. And to talk about it with this team in particular against the Bengals, we you know, we've going to talk and we've talked about some of these wide receiver injuries. But last year, the Chiefs had trouble running the ball in the second half of the game. Nobody was getting open against man coverage. Uh, even you know, they were dropping eight and they were doubling Tyreek and beating the crap out of Kelsey. But nobody else is getting open. Byron Pringle, DeMarcus Robbins, like these guys weren't getting open. And I think one way you could solve that issue this year is getting heavier. If they're going to sit back into high safeties like they did last year, then run the ball. Because I, you know, the Bengals have good run defenders, but I don't think it's a, the Chiefs ran the ball for what, like eight yards a carry in the AFC Championship last year? Like they've had no issue running the ball against this team, against the Bengals' defense. And, you know, if they're dropping a guy down to the box, that's when you take some of those shots over the middle. Attack a guy like Pratt or Logan Wilson. These guys aren't like bad linebackers, but we've seen the Chiefs just hit downfield shots up. Yeah, I think overall, I would use more tight ends, get Noah Gray and Jody Fortz on the field. It could slow the game down a little bit. So Burrow, Chase, Higgins are on the sideline more. We've shown an ability to run the ball the past two weeks. So, yeah, what do you guys think about that?
2: Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, you can give compliments to great offensive minds that they create mismatches, right? Like we've talked about it before. There's one time a game that you sit there and Travis Kelsey catches the ball and you're like, my God, how is he that open? How is it possible that this wide receiver, this tight end is that open on any play in the NFL. And that's, that's Andy Reed, right? And he's going to find the ways that he can scheme up players to have advantageous matchups. That's how you get Travis Kelsey against a linebacker. Um, that 13 personnel is putting bigger bodies on the field and making, you know, letting the Chiefs have the advantage. Because if you can get those bodies flowing left to right, trying to catch up with the Chiefs' speed, even though Tony and Hardman are on the are probably going to not play in this game, it's still an advantage. So, I, you know, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and that also makes them honor play action. Um, there's been quite a bit of research that's been done last year as far as, like, geographical tracking of players on the field. The Chiefs were the worst team in the NFL at getting linebackers to bite on play action. Linebackers don't move. There's two reasons. One, because they didn't think the Chiefs would run the ball. And two, they didn't care when they did because it was Clyde Clyde Edwards Alaire into a cloud of two yards dust. And I think think two things have changed here, right? I think the Chiefs have made teams honor the run slightly more because of some of the sequences of plays we've seen, even though they didn't convert the the Rams game, they sat there and pounded away with Pacheco. And the Chargers game, they had a whole drive that was just Pacheco. And Pacheco has that speed which, by the way, I called it this week. I'm saying Pacheco takes takes one of the house. Like this is something I'm my hill to die on here. But they've got the speed that they have to honor, it. and I, I think just a slight more makes their play play action more effective. Thirteen personnel also gives them the opportunity to put, go out from under center, which is a look they don't do a lot. So I think it's a nice wrinkle into what they're doing. The continued evolution, and I'm here completely for the Colin Saunders play like we saw we saw him like we saw him there on the field next to lines and by the way he wasn't in the backfield so he wasn't you know this wasn't like hungry hippo right or whatever they called it right this is like he is on there I I I'm excited to see what that's gonna be. You know, I would love to see a touchdown pass to Colin Saunders. But yeah, I, I think it's a great wrinkle and I think you know this is probably the best tight end room they've had. And Blake Bell isn't playing right now. A great blocker, you know we've seen him catch a few passes from now and then I think that you know this is more to come from this Change in their approach,
1: and I, I absolutely agree with that. With with going more heavier, it, it's found success over the last few weeks, right? Um, when, when the Chiefs have gone to it, I think it puts defense it stresses them in a, in a different way. And all of our receivers, when you think of Forrest um Gray and and Kelsey, are are great receiving tight ends, and also have developed into, into good blockers, right? So you get that many. Tight ends and they have to get covered by by a tight end or, or a linebacker. It get, it's going to give us the advantage every every time. And I mean, they've even tried, of course, cornerbacks on Kelsey, and we see how that turned out for Ramsey in in, in 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 on the on the touchdown play, right? So, I think going heavier there. I'm with you too, Price. I think um, I do think Pacheco breaks one this week. I just see it happening because they're not going to. Re- I don't think the Bengals are going to come out and respect it like they should. I think he's going. He has the speed to, to to really turn into a big run. So, if it whether it's a house call or not, I don't know. But I do think he gets like a 40, 50 yard run somewhere somewhere in there. And I think it'll come from when we underneath the center, and, and and just going with a straight handoff and and letting our big guys get to work. But I think the heavier personnel definitely would give us um some advantage there. And for me, like what, what, my 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 key, what I what I think is like I, I want I want them to come out with the heavier personnel, right? And and I think that's going to be a big key to victory. And I agree with Nate there, but but when they do go with and spread it out, right? It's not necessarily what is the key. I feel like who, right? And I and I and I really feel like Juju and Sky Moore will be very big keys to victory this week for, for, for the Chiefs. And the reason why I believe that, when you look at last year's couple of games, definitely in the second half of the playoffs last year, Mahomes was just not looking anywhere else. It was like Travis is getting beat up and double Hill is getting doubled. Then you just see Mahomes kind of – because a couple of plays, if you go back and look at it, Miko Hartman was wide open. But at that time, you know, Mahomes was just locked in with I'm going Hill and I'm going Kelsey. And both of them had deep, decent games. I think now, of course, they'll, they'll come out and they'll focus on Kelsey, as every team does. And in the second half, you've seen them dropping a lot, a lot back in coverage, going a lot of man, only rushing three. And they kind of had their robber at, at, at the next two levels kind of just going around and definitely had a spy on Mahomes a couple of times to, to alleviate him when he tries to scramble. And this is where I think, like, what we've seen the growth in, in in Juju and Sky over the weeks is really being on the same page with Mahomes when he does move, when he does scramble, being able to find, you know, Juju's been great this year, you know, finding that hole right there in his the own and being that other possession receiver outside of Travis Kelsey. I think um, Sky Moore and Mahomes has built a lot of chemistry over the last few weeks when him having to play more. And he's one person that I think, more than you've seen a Bayern Pringle or Demarcus Robinson, how we've seen them struggle with the man coverage. I think he's shown us a couple times over the last few weeks that he can get away from man coverage, that that he can get off the line. His route-running ability gives him where he can beat the coverage off the line. I think that's going to be big, Is when they do try to focus, that Mahomes has the eyes now to look around and go through his progressions more than what he was doing last year. And being able that we have so many weapons that he can pick from, I think Juju and Sky Moore – being able to work those areas Um, when Kelsey's not open, we'll give Mahomes some, some outlook to go to. So I think them two receivers is going to be big when we're not in the heavier personnel into giving the chiefs a key to victory this week.
3: Yeah, no. And for all the talk about me putting more tight ends on the field, like there's going to be a third down at some point, you can't just be on. It's still just a changeup for the chiefs. So like, you know, this is a different type of receiving core this year. And, last year's receiving core did struggle when Tyreek Hill was getting doubled across the field. Um, You know, there were certainly guys open, but Byron Pringle had a big drop on some type of deep crossing route. And Demarcus Robinson basically did nothing in that game. And McCall Harmon didn't really get a lot going in that game outside. I think he had like a manufactured touchdown, but it's going, you know, this is a new group of receivers this year, but like you said, you know, there are some injuries. There is, there might not be good areas, Tony. We know that McCall Harmon won't play. So, it'll be up to guys like Juju, Justin Watson, uh, Mm -hmm. Sky Moore, NDS to, you know, get open, obviously. I think the Bengals are going to play a fair amount of man coverage. So, beating press, finding areas to win. So, yeah, you know, it'll be a good test to see, like, did the Chiefs or how much have the Chiefs improved their overall depth at wide receiver? Are these wide receiver threes, these wide receiver fours better than we were last year? Because that was a big struggle in the second half of that game. And if they come out this year proving that they can do that more, it's going to forecast well for the playoffs.
2: Yeah. And I think another thing to look at, too, is the type of wide receivers that they have here. You know, we, we've elaborated on, you know, the quality and quantity of weapons. Here's the difference. And I also think you, you brought up, Maurice specifically Sky Moore and Juju. What was one of the biggest compliments of Sky Moore's draft profile, the largest hands in the draft? Very low drop percentage. And we've seen, I swear, I think every catch he's made so far has been a tough catch. You know, um, Mahomes really rifles the balls ball in there, but also Skymore can go up and get it, and when he gets his hands on something, he normally catches it. Same for Juju. I think that that was something that they deeply missed in the second half of that game. Now, you know, Nate's right. Like, they were definitely mugging Kelsey there a little bit in the second half, but there were several times that receivers got their hands on balls that they would have made. It would have been one of those 10 plays that they needed to make. So yeah, I think the contested catch—not necessarily the go up and get it, but catching the ball in traffic and, and coming down with it—those type of things are are going to be crucial in this game, especially because we know that they are going to be at some third downs that are you know, it's it's, it's kind of like those. You sit there and you watch the game, you're like, oh, this is huge. Oh, this is huge. Oh, this is huge. You're like, oh wait, I just said that every third down on this drive, but it is, you know, like with these two games, these type these type of players on the field, everything's big. And a drop third down pass where you had your hands on the ball can be the difference in winning or losing
1: the one seed or the two seed. Absolutely. So yeah, man, I, I think these are three great keys. Man, I, I hope they don't go so much RPO. I will throw that in there too. They've been they've been going away from it more and more. Um, I, I hope they stay away from it. Stick with the with the counter runs. We've been seeing the outside zones, and I and I think we'll we'll be better off there. So let's talk about score prediction, right, Nate. What do you think it is going to look like for, for, for the game?
3: Yeah, so I'll just say I'm not a big, like, legacy game guy. I think that once, like, a game starts, that stuff gets overstated. I do think it's something, like, going into the week. But once the game starts, you're too – like, these players are, like, too locked into the game. But if there's any type of legacy game for this team, it's going to be this game. They were humiliated twice last year, but especially in the biggest moments. They had the massive lead, and they blew it. And, you know, there were a lot of factors that contributed to that, but I really do believe, number one, was that Patrick Holmes just didn't play well in the second half of that game. He certainly wasn't the only reason, and we've talked about some of them, but he did not play well at all. And he stood on that all offseason, and he talked about it a bunch. He took full accountability for it. And this year, we've seen him play under so much more control with his timing, with his feet, with his eyes, And this is the most control I've ever seen him play with. Like, he just doesn't get rattled really at all anymore out of rhythm. But the Bengals were the team that were able to get him out of rhythm twice. So this is like kind of your final boss in a video game. Now, how much did that work come together? And how was it going to, you know, manifest this week? Are the Chiefs going to be able to capitalize? I absolutely think we will. But, you know, it's not just Mahomes. Chris Jones had multiple sacks that he couldn't finish. Andy Reid takes responsibility because they didn't run the ball enough in the second half of that game. You know, Travis Kelsey, he wasn't able to do enough. I'm I'm not trying to blame all these guys, but, like, when you lose a game like you did, everyone takes responsibility, especially this team's core players, and they certainly haven't forgotten about it. That that much is clear. So, anyways, I think the Chiefs are going to come out firing, ready to go, similar to how they did it earlier in the season against Tampa Bay. I do think the Bengals will be able to score a little bit because, you know, the Bengals have something to prove to, certainly, and they really need this game for their playoff positioning, but I don't think it'll matter. I think this week it'll be a reminder to the Bengals, like, hey, you guys got us last year, but if we see you again, we know who, you know, we're the team that's been there four straight years in a row in the AFC Championship game. We're the ones with the Super Bowl, and you're going to have to come beat us in our stadium again, so... I have Chiefs winning 44-31, and I don't think it'll be that close, but I think this is a game that just cements the legacy of this squad going forward. Nice,
2: nice. What do you think, Bryce? Well, I I think there's a lot of really interesting analysis in this game, right? So I think this is one of the rare situations that you have two teams that met in the AFC Championship last year, and I think you can definitively say that both of these teams are better than they were when they met last year, which is saying something, right? Like the Rams just came into town. How's that going? You know, there's a lot of teams that are not better than they were last year. And and that's saying to me because the Chiefs, you know, traded some significant pieces, let some pieces walk. And the Bengals were a team that kind of their their charm last year was they didn't know what they didn't know. You know, they were a young team ahead of schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I, I think, honestly, this game has blossomed into more of a rivalry and more of a huge game than it was last year. Last year, part of the sting of the AFC Championship was that they were over, They were, I believe they crossed the seven and a half line as far as the spread goes for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I mean, the Chiefs were supposed to be a touchdown favorite in that game. And, um, you know, we didn't really think much of the Bengals the first time we played them either. And now this game, you know, Joe Burrow has shown that he is for real. Um, He has developed into a great passer. Quite frankly, I think looking back, you know, right now it's Mahomes versus Josh Allen. But I think we're going to be talking about Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes for longer than Josh Allen, because I think Josh Allen is going the way of cam newton it's just going to keep getting hurt and his highs are going to be so high but i think he's just going to keep getting hurt playing the way that he does unless he changes his game versus joe burrow's style of play is much more sustainable with that being said i think you know the Bengals present some interesting challenges uh chidobe Awuzie was their best corner who's down for the season i believe it was torn acl but uh the the Bengals defense is is built very well in the sense of there are no weak links everyone's just kind of a guy there is no superstar um, You know, most people point to Jesse Bates, um, but there's no one that really jumps off the page of there. Trey Hendrickson's a, a strong player, but they just have no real weak link, um, despite what Nicole Hardman may say about Eli Apple. So I think, you know, this is one of those games that execution is is going to be crucial, like, you know, not making the little mistakes. And I think one thing to be optimistic about is that we still feel like we haven't gotten the Chiefs best shot. We know we're not going to get it here without Hardman and Tony and possibly Jarek McKinnon, but they've really yet to play a full clean game. That's kind of the Chiefs way, right? Like, they're, you know, the the comparison to the Golden State Warriors, you know, they suck, they suck. All of a sudden they just drained like 33 points of threes in a quarter. Um, So, you know, I like the Chiefs here, but I do think it's going to be tough. I think, you know, I think this game probably goes under, actually. I think like both these teams are going to struggle to score a little bit more than we might think. I think we're going to see a little bit of a defensive struggle here. Actually, I shouldn't say under because I'm not necessarily sure what the over-under is. I'm not looking at the spread right now or the uh, total, but – I'm thinking 28-25 Chiefs. I think, you know, the Chiefs just make enough plays here, but I think I think it's going to be closer than we want it to be. And I also think we're, there's going to be some times that we're like, oh, why can't the Chiefs score? But, again, I feel like there's a lot of reasons to still be optimistic about this offense given they're still not complete at the wide receiver position, and who knows, they might not ever be this season. But, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons for optimism here. The Chiefs can just execute here. I think they they limit the Bengals enough on the big plays, and that that's really going to be the difference. Those – big long plays like the, the screen pass or the Jamar chase go routes. Those are the things that they're really going to have to limit
3: just for what it's worth. The over under is 52 and a half points according to MGM.
2: Okay. So I guess I'm on the over, I guess um, <laughs> 28, 20, you know, you're a Chiefs fan. whenever 28, 25 feels like a low scoring affair, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: All right. So, I mean, for me, I really think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I think it's like going to be some blows back and forth, and I think momentum is going to swing a couple of times where we're going to be like, oh, the Chiefs is in control. The Bengals will do something. We They're going to snatch it back a little bit. But ultimately, I think the Chiefs come into this game more focused than they were the last two games against the Bengals. I think um, last two games, even though the Bengals beat them the first time, I even think in the AFC Championship, the Chiefs just still had to think like, we're, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to get past them, right? Um, I think they come out and they try to make a statement this game to 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 show not just themselves but everybody, like, like we're for real this time, like we're for real this season. And they, they go out to make a statement. I think Andy's going to call a great game. Um, hopefully Spags has learned from not just manning up on the outside and letting them get that big play. That's my really only concern is – Will Spax leave help at some point. I just feel like at some point he's gonna send the house. And we know when he sends the house, they just gonna take that deep shot. But we got better corners this year. So hopefully that 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 plays a, a role in it. Um but Chase, Chase is gonna get his. Um Higgins are gonna get like their offense is gonna do some things, right? That that's just they're good. But I think ultimately the Chiefs come out victorious. I'm thinking more around like 35, 24. I think we 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 have to get into the 30s to 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 beat this team, and I think we do that. I think our red on efficiency goes back to a high rate. I think we stay at a high rate for third down this week as well. So I really look for the Chiefs to come out, prove something with something to prove, a little chip on their shoulder. We've seen kind of the, the, the talking back and forth already, so I think it'll be a little chippy game, and I'm here for it. Right? I I really want to see it. So I think 30, 30 35 24 Chiefs, and yeah, that's what we had. So yeah. Everybody, y'all can follow us on Twitter, um, Arrowhead at Arrowhead Pride and at, at, at Nate Nate, CH thirty two and at Price Carter and at Reese Nichols. Follow us on Twitter, um, like, share, comment. We love to hear the feedback that you all that you all have for us. And this is Kingdom Keys. We brought you the keys to the kingdom. We want y'all to join us here next week, same place, same time, and let's go Chiefs!